passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. My name is Joy Christopoulos, my co-host, Corey Wooten. Thank you so much for checking us out on YouTube. Like and subscribe. We're coming at you in about 30 seconds. But first, got to talk about our sponsor. And who else is it? It's BetOnline.ag. It is that time of year. College basketball, it is the Final Four, and the tournament is about to end, which means you need to head over to BetOnline because it's the number one spot for all your updated odds and info, along with great contests, including bracket contest challenges, where you have a chance to take home the top prize. So what are you waiting for? Head over to the website. Use your mobile device, sign up today, receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Only when you use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get started. BetOnline is your continued source of all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. It's BetOnline, where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming to the pod. We're back, baby. We took a couple weeks off, but we are here to talk about some Chicago Bears football. About a month away from the NFL Draft. Free agency still fluid. It's a fluid stream right now heading down the way. So let's bring in my co-host, former Bears defensive end, Northwestern Wildcat, Corey Wooten. What's up, Corey? Oh, nothing much, man. Still recovering from the mountains that I was in in Colorado, having snowboarded since high school. So I told my wife, I said, man, after that first rundown, it felt like I played a football game. And I retired for a reason. So I didn't feel that pain anymore. So hey, I had to get the Advil. I had to get the ice going. And uh yeah, it was, it was tough that first round, but uh, after that, I bounced back because I'm a competitor. I came down the mountain. People th- was thinking I was Sean White. Um, I didn't have the Olympic medals, but hey, we were doing we were doing the thing. <laughs> Corey, that's why they put that in your contract, right? To keep you, uh, keep you going like hella skiing or jumping out of a helicopter exactly. to snowboard. That's what they do? Yeah, that's why I avoided it since high school. It's been, it's been about... It's been about 15 to 16 years, something like that, since last time. So it's been a while. Well, great to see you, man. Let's chop it up on some Bears football a little bit. Um, let's just get off the let's get off the foot a little bit on. It's yeah. been a little while, but I do want to get your reaction a little bit to the Cleo Mack trade. Obviously, yeah, mm-hmm. a guy whose Bears fans yeah. near and dear to their heart. They got jerseys in the mm-hmm. closet. Um, I personally think it was time to move on. I yeah. think they got a good deal out of it. They got out of the yeah. money. What say you? You know, what do you think? Uh, what do you think of the Cleo Mack trade? Yeah, you know, obviously it's tough to replace a guy like that, but you're looking at a guy that's getting up there in age, right? Um, The sack production wasn't similar to a guy like Robert Quinn last year. Um, He's coming off an injury, so it makes sense um, at this point. And you look at what Travis Gibson uh, did this past year, it makes everyone feel a lot more comfortable. I don't know if he's ready to be a starter yet, but then they acquire Al-Kadeem Muhammad, which I think was a great pickup. He's a guy that actually went to my high school. He's from Jersey. Uh, he went no to way. Don Bosco Prep. Um, but Iberflus is really comfortable with him. He started for the first time in his career um, last year, had six sacks, and I feel like he hasn't even scratched the surface of what he can do. He's a younger guy. I think he's still only 26 years old at this point in the game. 
um, super athletic, super strong, can play the run. Um, and I think once he develops as a pass rusher and he can learn from a guy like Robert Quinn, I really think he can be a double-digit sack guy. And I think this was a great selection. And Bears were like, oh, you know. But I really think he's a talented guy that, like I said, hasn't even scratched the surface yet. And look at the Bears offseason as a whole now. I want to get your take on this because wide receiver so far, you know, mm-hmm. Byron Pringle, Equinemius yeah. St. Brown, yeah. great name. Can he play? <laughs> Not so sure. Yeah. Um, the moves have been pretty measured. You know, the Ogan Joby yeah. thing obviously fell through with the, the, the failed physical on his foot. Yeah. You know, where are you right now in this Bears offseason? How would you characterize it? And do you like the, the pace at which Ryan Poles is going about his offseason right now? You know, I, I wish there were some more blockbuster picks, especially at the left tackle position um, and possibly, <laughs> possibly a wide receiver. You know, I, I think Byron Pingles, Pringle is, is, is a good pickup. I think he really flashed last season. Uh, speedy guy. He gives you return ability as well. But we need a number one at the end of the day. You know, I think Darnell Mooney uh, could possibly be that, but I would rather him be a number two at this point and, and have a true number one. And obviously, Allen Robinson got paid elsewhere. Um, I was hoping that he would come back, but unfortunately, that didn't work out. Um, you know, there's there's some wide receivers in the draft that potentially, you know, we, we got a second round pick and whatnot. But yeah, there's there's a lot of holes that need to be filled. And I don't know if we have the picks for that. So it, it's going to be very interesting uh, <laughs> coming in the draft to see which direction they will go. Um, Allen Robinson, he got basically 15 a year. Basically his previous contract, right? Exactly. So clearly they, you know, it didn't come down to money with the Chicago Bears. I think he was just looking for a change. And to be honest, to move out to L.A. to play in SoFi in that offense, also that was probably pretty attractive to him. Yeah. Can I just ask you a question? You know, in your opinion, you, you mentioned Byron Pringle. I see a lot of stuff on Bears Twitter about talking about yeah. how, you know, he is a quality player. I feel like we also sort of had that same song and dance with Damier Bird last year too as well. Exactly. Can you can you talk a little bit about is can we unequivocally say Byron Pringle is better than Damier Burr? Is uh, a little oh, bit more yeah. of a let's it is okay cool because last yeah. year we were like same thing we were like ooh a lot of speed six to seven hundred yeah. yards uh, okay cool this will be good but you're saying Byron Pringle is a lot better yeah I, I think he I think he's a lot better and I think he was overshadowed in, in that offense you know you look at the weapons that they had in Kansas City with Travis Kelsey um, and company and um, you know, Tyreek Hill. So he was kind of overshadowed. And I think he'll really be able to to come out because I, we're going to need him to at, at this point in the game, unless we draft somebody that maybe falls uh, to the second round or something along those lines uh, or supplemental draft. We're going we're gonna to need somebody else. I think that's a true number one or is, is, a, is a proven number two in this game. Because you remember when we were talking about that earlier, like what would you rather have, a number one or two number twos? in addition to Dar- Darnell Mooney, him being the other number two, and then potentially somebody else. So I think we might have to draft another receiver potentially. Um, and then we still have the left tackle position to fill. Um, we have a safety position to fill. So there's there's a lot of holes. And um, I, I think for me, the priority is definitely offensive line, left tackle. You know, I think that's, that's the king. Because I think, um, you know, Tevin Jenkins, he could be a right tackle. I think that's where he really fits in the scheme. Um, and I know we signed uh, Ryan Brates from uh, from Buffalo, but he's, he's, he's a backup, to be honest with you. He's, Buffalo, he's a guy that but, can interchange. 
I think the Bills matched his offer sheet, though. I don't think the Bears – I don't know if the Bears are going to get him now because they matched his oh, offer sheet. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know. And, and, so I and Bear, Bears Twitter was – Yeah, so it'll come down to that, which we don't have a full answer on. They did sign Lucas Patrick yeah. from the Green Bay Packers who finished yep. at center last year for them. Mm-hmm. But you're right, man. It's a huge – it's still a huge work in progress. Now, there are still some names that are out there. There's guys like an Eric Fisher that's still out there. you yeah. know. And in terms of wide receiver, too, as well, I think – it's like Albert Wilson, Zach Pascal, T.Y. Hilton. Nothing that's going to blow your hair back, but still maybe some veterans exactly. that they can pick up. Yeah, There's a lot of spots. It's a lot of spots, Corey. Hey, I'm going gonna... to say run, run the football, run the football, and let's run the football. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's what we need, honestly. You so, know, I... Oh, I was just going to say, I, want, I wanted to ask you something. And, you know, and from a fan's perspective, and I think an ownership perspective, Ryan Poles, is saying all the right things. And when he got hired, the first thing that he said was, when I attack free agency, it isn't about going after some of the big names. He's like, I really relish waiting the market out and waiting for the second and third tier guys to come around and then trying to sign those guys. And that's what you've seen Ryan Poles try and do a little bit here and there. Has it worked out at every turn? No, not really. And Ryan Bates may not be one of those situations. I'm just kind of curious. You know, when the owner hears that, he goes – that uh, that sounds good to me. When the fan hears that, he goes, mm, "Very, very smart." Can you just talk about it a little bit? I, I'm not. I don't know if I'm being critical, but I'm curious. Yeah. What is the player here yeah. when the when a general manager, new general manager of a team goes, "I'm not going to give you top dollar. I'm going to wait you out and get you at my price." Does the player take that personally? How does a player ingest something like that? Well, yeah, I, I think. Anytime there's free agency, right? Like you, you look at majority of people, it's it's right place, the right time, need, etc. So obviously, like a left tackle, like Teron Armstead, we know he's going to get the big contract, regardless of how he's played the past couple seasons, injuries, etc. Because that's that's what was needed at the time. Same thing with other things, you know, like Tyree Kill going to Miami. You know, some people think it was worth it, some people don't. So it's just all about your need. And sometimes it doesn't matter necessarily if you're worth that or not, but it's just the need that needs to be filled. And I think that's a lot of times probably what Poles was trying to avoid overpaying for somebody because we we need that. Right. And that's sometimes what teams do with drafts. Right. They may draft somebody that they don't need because, oh, it's the best available. And you're like, whoa, you draft off what you need. And I think that's that's a good thing that Poles is like, okay. I'm going to be more patient about this and I'm maybe not going to overpay for something that could get us in trouble later. And I'm going to go for those, you know, those one B guys, as opposed to those one a, or, you know, two. So I I, I kind of philosophy at times, but I think if there was a left tackle available that we needed as a proven guy, I mean, Hey, I I think you got to give him the bag because you're trying to protect your best asset you know, your, your prize asset and, and the quarterback in Justin Fields. So um, I, I can understand why people are a little upset. You know, you look at it and we really haven't made any splashes in free agency. You know, it's kind of been, we've been kind of hitting singles and doubles. You know, there hasn't been any home runs or grand slams. And the one thing is we didn't have, we don't have a first round pick this year. And I know next year we'll have some more money freed up, you know, with everything with the Khalil trade and whatnot. Um, so I think after, next draft that's when we can fully evaluate them and see what moves they've made to see okay is he getting the bears on the right track but right now i think it's a little bit too early to to really make a a decision based off that yeah and when you talk about 
and, and I, it's just kind of like a thirsty factor for me. You know what yeah. I mean? And so what, what is your perspective on, you know, where the free agent dollars went this offseason, right? I mean, you saw yeah. the Jaguars give Christian Kirk $20 million a year. You saw mm-hmm. the Jets spend, spend a bunch of money. You know, you did see the Bengals in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay was a lot about re-upping their own guys. Yeah. And you saw yeah. Cincinnati kind of go after the offensive line a little bit. But when you see teams like the Jets and the Jaguars, and then you get to Armstead, you know, Armstead was the best left tackle on the market. Mm-hmm. And he goes to the Dolphins for top dollar. Does that ever, like, I mean, I'm happy for the guy, but that does ever kind of make you scratch your head that maybe he didn't go more to a team that was trying to win a Super Bowl a little? You know, it just kind of makes you think yeah. a little bit where sometimes those top dollar signings, as you said, don't always necessarily work out. Exactly. And I think a lot of times there's some people that, you know, he's made a lot of money to begin with, Armstead, you know, with his second contract with the Saints. And I think he was at the point where, hey, I'm going to go where they're going to pay me the, the most money. I'm going to be in the best place that maybe is is best for myself and my family. And sometimes that comes down to it. And then there's other people that look at it like, listen, you know, I've made enough money. Uh, let me take a little bit less and, and, and go to maybe uh, the, the Rams or something like that. Let me play with mm-hmm. Stafford and Allen Robinson and all these guys this year. Let's see. Let's see what we could do over there. Um, so it's all personal preference. I can never knock somebody for picking more money somewhere elsewhere. You know, I think, I think the average person would do that, right? If, if somebody had a job potential to, to make a lot more somewhere else, I think they'd be like, ah, bye. Um, so you can't knock it, but it, it's always like this. And it seems like every year, the Jaguars in particular, they always are giving everybody all the money. <laughs> every, every, every yeah. defensive end, defensive tackle, wide receiver, seems like they just have an unlimited amount of money that they can spend every year. <laughs> it seems like, honestly, because people, you know, when, when they're going to their second contract, sometimes they're like, Hey, I'm going to go to Jacksonville because they are going to pay me. You know, you look at some of the contracts that they've, they've given over there and it's unbelievable. You know, they overpay for a lot of people. Um, sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. The majority of the time say, it doesn't for them. I was going to say, I'm going to go to Jacksonville for two years. And then I'm going to go somewhere else. Like, look, like, you know, Miles Jack, now in Pittsburgh, the A.J. Bouye yeah. deal, he's somewhere else. Jalen Ramsey, somewhere else. I mean, yeah. you go down the list. There's a part of me, Corey, that, like, is really happy that we're not among that class of what the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Jaguars did this offseason. Yeah. But I'm also kind of wishing that we did a little bit more. And I'm just kind of curious where, you know, we're, we're kind of patting Ryan Poles in the background now for clearing the decks with the salary cap. And I'm super happy about that. We're going to have a hundred yeah. as of right now, $150 million in cap space next year. But isn't this the snake eating its own head a little bit where now we're just going to be in the position to overpay the people next year that we didn't overpay this year. And you know, I, you know, where does, where does that go from there? If your opinion, but I think what you're saying is it yeah. all starts with the draft first and foremost. Yeah, I, I think the draft is, is crucial. And, you know, without the first rounder, I think it's going to be tough this year. But I'm, I'm hoping next year that we can really utilize that first round pick and left tackle is a position that we need. I think everything else we could fill potentially through another draft next year or another free agency. But I think the, the left tackle position that has to be solidified because you look at the teams 
that have great success, they usually have a great left tackle. You look at um, Andrew Whitworth over for the Rams, you know, what he's been able to do and how long he's been able to do it, even dating back to his Cincinnati days. And he's been stable. He's been able to be in games. That's what you want. Somebody that's talented, Pro Bowl level, that's tough for you and can stay in football games and be injury free. I know every time you're out there, there's a risk, but you want somebody that, that has a lot of starts, a lot of consecutive and, and they don't have injury problems. So I think that's first and foremost. I feel good about the other positions on the offensive line. It's just left tackle at that point. We need another wide receiver. We need a safety. And I think we need a, a three technique and then potentially another pass rusher that maybe we can get in the later rounds. And I think mm -hmm. it's always a lot easier, obviously, to find a strictly a pass rusher. You know, you don't have to worry about a guy that's going to play the run, et cetera. Hey, he has a role. And he's kind of kind of like how Robert Quinn used to be before he really started playing the run. You look at him, you're like, he got up the field, and that's what it was. Dwight Freeney, he got up the field. He didn't play the run. But, you know, if we can get somebody like that in the later rounds that can really get after the passer, I think that that's where we could provide some value and have one of those under-the-radar guys that can maybe, you know, be like a Mark Anderson was that one year when they made the uh, Super yeah. Bowl. He was kind of come off the bench. Pass rusher gave us 13 sacks that year. Yes, a sixth man off the bench. Yeah, yeah giving you double digits exactly. sacks. Yeah, that, and, and he was what, like every a time... fifth or sixth round pick or something like that? Yeah, it was something like yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Um, but are we, We're going to hit draft as our final topic today. Real quick, though, I want to like hit you with a couple of things. I want to dispel <laughs> some Bears Twitter myths going on right yeah. now. I joined Twitter about five months ago. And right now, Bears Twitter is just, it's a wild experience. Going nuts, like, right? <laughs> well, people, you know, and this is a joke that I made, but like people didn't even know who Ryan Bates was like six days ago. And now the fact that we may not get him is just crippling yeah. our offseason. You know, know what I mean? It's just like, all right, guys, so relax just a little bit. I so know. here's the first one I throw, want to throw at you. We've kind of covered this on the pod before, but I want to get it back on the record. Yeah. You know, door, which, which would you prefer? And look, I think we're probably going to draft a wide receiver in the draft. But door number one. A lot of people think that the Bears should go out and trade for DK Metcalf. Would you prefer that or door number two, uh, keeping your powder dry, drafting, you know, the wide receivers doing the best you can, and then AJ Brown is UFA next year. Door number one, door number two, which would you probably prefer? I would say door number two. DK Metcalf, I think, is an unbelievable athlete, unbelievable player but I'm just not sold on his catching ability because at times it's very suspect. You know, you look at times where he's dropped a lot of balls and et cetera. Um, and if, I, if I'm picking a wide receiver, I got to have a guy that has for sure hands, you know, I, I, obviously, you know, to, to give up a lot of picks or money, et cetera. I need a guy that's, that's got proven hands. And I don't think DK Metcalf is there yet. He's talented. Don't get me wrong. He makes all these crazy plays on Sundays but he does drop a lot of balls. AJ Brown, great fit in Chicago. What do you think about that? And do yeah, you like his yeah. hands? Yeah. Yeah. I like his hands a lot. I, I think that would be a better fit in, in my opinion. Um, you know, and, and maybe potentially, uh, you know, we can get some, some draft picks in there. Um, it's just, it's just a tough off season because everybody, everybody wants the big splash, but there's, there's, there's been none of that so far. So maybe in the draft, we can make something happen. Um, so, Hey, Maybe Pulse has a, has a trick under his sleeve. Maybe he could potentially trade into that first round and maybe get that left tackle that we need, et cetera, which would – I think Bears fans would be really happy about that. So, 
let's just wait till the draft is over to see, you know, because there, there's always a chance, you know, maybe a team that has a higher draft pick that doesn't necessarily maybe need it or wants to give it up for something else. Um, yeah. So never say never. Yeah. And so my next one for you, and, you know, this is for someone that's been in a locker room before and someone that knows the NFL intimately and knows what development and progression in team means in mm -hmm. the grand scheme of things. A lot of people are looking at this Bears offseason and they're saying to themselves, what's going on? You know, if anything, we're, we're getting the credit card clean mm -hmm. and we're trying to just sort of move forward. Paying off the lot, debt. <laughs> paying, off, paying off the debt, maybe. You know what I mean? Like eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for a couple of weeks. You know what I mean? Maybe not yeah. going out to the restaurants that you want to. So what do you say to Bears fans that literally want the Bears to tank next year? That literally think that the Bears should go 2-15 and 15 next year? Because what's the point, Corey? What's the point, you know, at this point? Uh, we'll have all the money to spend next year, and then we'll get good. Can you please talk some sense into them a little bit where yeah. I don't think we're going to go to the playoffs next year, but, God, we cannot be Two and fifteen. We cannot. We cannot put up that kind of record and put that no. kind of team out in the field. No, not at all. I mean, you know, I could understand if it's like, like we talked about before the podcast. If it's down to the last two games and this could potentially give you the first or second pick, if you lose a game or two, that potentially could be something. But to start off the season saying you're going to tank, that's ridiculous. You know, that's why we play the games in this league. And sometimes who, who thought Cincinnati was going to make it all the way, right? You know, th this past year, that's why we play the games. And honestly, I think with this defense, I, I think it's going to surprise a lot of people how, how well the team does based off how the defense does, right? Iberflus is kind of back to that lovey mentality, you know, taking the football away, attention to detail, discipline, assignment, all that. And then we take the pressure off Justin Fields, rely on that running game. We have two talented backs you know, and, and uh, David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, hey, you know, uh, Cole Komet can really come into his own potentially this year. You know, uh, Darnell Mooney, you know, could, can really break out into a superstar potentially. Um, Byron Pringle, you know, so I know it's not anything, any any crazy names that people are, you know, that we've acquired this offseason, but I think if we can play great defense, run the football, I think we can be in a lot of games and, and I don't think anyone thought when Matt Nagy first got that first year, we were going to play as well as we did. So sometimes teams are, are reinvigorated with a new coaching staff and uh, you know, especially after playing poorly the year before. So um, don't, don't sleep bears, honestly, you know, in, in my opinion. So, I mean, if, if Matt Nagy could, could do that in his first year, I think Eberflus can do the same thing. So um you know, let's just let's just let this play out. Let's see the draft. Let's see how the season goes. And we could all potentially be be surprised. I, I think they're gonna be in a lot of games to be competitive, potentially could make the playoffs if if they rely on that game plan like I'm talking about, playing great defense, running the football, get some play actions, and let Justin Fields be an athlete out there. I, I think that's how they win games. Yeah, and look, I think they have at least two or three more moves to do on the offensive line, right? Mm -hmm. And I think left tackle is probably going to be one of those pressure points as to where this season yeah. is probably going to go. But, Corey, to the most part, after doing all these pods with you last season, they are really trending in the direction of stuff that you've been preaching for a really, really long time. And we've talked about on this pod before where we don't – I don't personally think that we need that go-to number one receiver just yet in this offense. I was more of a guy that, like, gets some depth. If you can figure out a strong offensive line where you don't have to worry about it week in and week out, 
Like you just said, two running backs, Justin Fields. You got the play action there. I don't know. God forbid, maybe bring back the you know the screen game a little bit. You know, work yeah. the sidelines a little bit offensively, and then defensively. Isn't the whole point of bringing in Matt Eberflus is to have a system where guys can overachieve? Where yeah. maybe the casual fan doesn't know who Nicholas Morrow is, but you know what? Maybe Nicholas yeah. Morrow is exactly what the Chicago Bears need, and they can stay in these games. I you know I do think yeah. they're going to continue to add on, and it's going to be something that we're going to have to monitor as we go along. But yeah. I just want to say to all Bears fans out there, like, do you understand if we go like if we if you get what you want and the Bears are like three and fourteen next year, that that basically means that Justin Fields heading into his third year is going to have a career record of five and 22. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, yeah. that's for real, man. Even if they go like six and 11 next year, yeah. that's still what? Eight and 19, right? Which means, yeah. God, you're heading into your fourth, fifth year as a quarterback, still probably hovering around the 500 level. If everything gets right. You know what I mean? I know that's not a huge number, right? But like yeah. there's an, op there's an optics to that. And I think it's all about ev pointing everything in the right direction for Justin Fields. Mm -hmm. So as much as they want to strip it down, I, I do feel like at some point they are going to continue to fill out this roster and create maybe, as you said, a team that surprises some people. Yeah, I, I think that's what it's about. And I think that's why Poles picked Eberflus because we're going to get back to the monsters in the midway, playing great defense, taking the ball away, taking the pressure off the offense. And that's great for a young quarterback. Um, Justin Fields, I think this year, what, what I want to see from him is just being more efficient with his decisions, right? Uh, if, if he's going to tuck it and go, go. If he's going to throw the ball, you know, commit to the target and, and go and go to that point. Um, you know, I think at times he seemed a little in between, like, should I run it? Should I not? Be decisive in, in your decisions. Mm -hmm. I think in the games that he was, like that Pittsburgh game, especially in that second half, I mean, he was lights out. I mean, he looked like a Pro Bowl type quarterback. The decisions he was making, uh, how he rallied the troops just seemed so composed. And that's what I want to see from him this year. And I'm just hoping that, you know, the, the new offense is like, okay, listen, let's run the football. Let's take the pressure off him. Let's get some of these play actions. Let's get some of these boots. Let's get, let's let him get comfortable. Right. And the thing is, if we can't solidify the old line, like we need to get a stud at left tackle, Hey, let's, let's do some, uh, keep some tight ends in, you know, to help out. Let's do some chips, things of that nature. Cause at times, too many times last year, they were leaving the tackles on an island. You're like, especially in that Why? Cleveland game when Miles yeah. Garrett and company and, and uh, Jadavion Clowney really got after him. It was like, you kind of didn't understand, hey, number one, why we're not doing screens and draws. And then also when we are dropping back, why we're not chipping, you know, tight end chip right off the ball and then go out in this route, uh, the running back on the other side. It's just common sense sometimes. And some of these coaches, it goes over their head. You're like, listen, if you don't have the right people that can be one-on-one, -on -one, help out. That's 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 what we do in this league. And and sometimes Matt Nagy and company just got got too into the into the motion of the game, and they they would just forget about stuff sometimes. And I'm just like, what what is going on here? So I'm hoping this new offensive, uh, you know, coordinator and company, we we really put a focus on running the football and playing good defense because I think. After that, then you can open up everything with the passing game. And, uh, you know, like I said, hopefully we can add another receiver that can complement a guy like Darnell Mooney, uh, Aaron Pringle. I think – I don't know if he's a number two yet. Maybe he can show that he can be. But I think, uh, you know, we definitely need a, a, another number two 
um, to, to pair up with Mooney. And I think that would be a good uh, trio with them three. And then Cole Komet really getting him going in the red zone because I feel like our red zone struggles were because we couldn't find the targets. You know, you look at a guy like Jesper Horstead, he really opened up in the red zone. But why? Because he had a lot of reps with Justin Fields. Justin Fields was running running everything with him, with twos and threes. So with a full offseason together with Cole Komet, maybe they can get on the same page. Because like I said, I think Cole Komet could be a guy like Kyle Rudolph, similar. They're both from the same alma mater, good blockers. Not burners, but can get open, use their body, and especially in the red zone. So I'm, I'm looking for him to take that next step, and it's going to come from the red zone production. Let's take a quick break to talk about our brand new sponsor, Athletic Greens. Now, tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. So what are you waiting for? reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition and it's just one scoop and a cup of water every day that's it and to make it even easier athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase if you go to athleticgreens.com slash believe that's b-l-e-a-v again athleticgreens.com slash believe these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration these products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease athletic greens take ownership of your health now back to the pod yeah and, and what you're illustrating right now is exactly what i think bears fans need to hear where okay look we're a work in progress maybe we don't make the playoffs next year but don't go out there and then just say we should be as terrible as possible no. to get some top five pick kevin white okay cedric benson all right michael haynes all right now look like there's been some picks in the past that haven't worked out for the bears and yeah. you're talking about something it's about it's about building something it's about building a foundation mm -hmm. and momentum and you're talking about it on the front four of the defensive line the offensive line and run the mm -hmm. football you mentioned real quick about the worst to first with the Bengals, and i think that that's something that you know the chicago bears say you know hey maybe we can be that type of team Corey, just real quick i pulled up some worst to firsts here and be like there's a lot that have happened. You know, it's common in the NFL, mm. but why has it happened? First yeah. of all, the Bengals last year, Joe Burrow tore his ACL, right? Yeah. So that's a little bit of the reason why they went from first worst, and then he played last year and went to went to worst. All right, here we go. Let's have some fun. Um, so real quick, uh, in 2018, the Texans went from worst to first. That's because Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt missed of most of 2017. We might remember the 2017 Chicago Bears into the 2018 Bears, worst to first. How long did that last? Was there a foundation built there, Corey? I don't really think so. Move along. 2011 Colts. Oh, I don't know. Peyton Manning got hurt, and they drafted Andrew Luck. The 1991 Broncos. They went from worst to first. They didn't win a Super Bowl for another six years. 2016, um, worst to first because Romo got hurt the year before. Dak Prescott becomes the quarterback. 2008, worst to first Dolphins. It's because they did the Wildcat with, I don't know if you remember, uh, Ron, with Ronnie, yeah, Ronnie Brown. Yeah, 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 and all yeah. that good stuff. 92 Chargers, first to worst. Um, Stan Humphreys, two, uh, Super Bowl two years later. Uh, and then the last three were the worst to first were the Saints in 2006, the 2001 Patriots, and the 1999 Kurt, uh, the Rams. And that's because of Drew Brees, Tom Brady, and Kurt Warner, all right? I'm yeah. noticing a theme here. A big of it has to do with progression and improvement at the quarterback position, right? And exactly. that's what we need to focus on with Justin Fields moving forward. Yeah. 
going out there and just getting some top pick so we can feel great about ourselves in all this cap room yeah. doesn't help out Justin Fields. And I just want to try and explain this to a lot of Bears fans I interact to and talk to is that, man, we need to try and be competitive next year. You know, we might not yeah. be the most talented team out there, but I think with the stuff that you're saying, Corey, I think yeah. they can go out there and build a good foundation, stay in some games. I think the schedule is pretty soft as it looks yeah. right now and be yeah. competitive and see what happens and try and get better. Exactly. I, I think the recipe is, is honestly like this. Like we struggled last year with stopping the run defensively. If we can stop the run. And I think we will do that under Iberflus because they're very similar to, to that Rod Marinelli, Lovey Smith, attention to detail, everybody gap discipline, um, going over things, uh, really getting the mental sharpness of everything week by week. And I think that's going to pay off. So stopping the run, being able to get after the passer once you make a team one-dimensional, right? Robert Quinn and company, Al-Kadeem Muhammad, you know, Travis Gibson, potentially drafting another guy, um, a three technique. So getting those pass rushers there and then maybe getting a bigger defensive end that can play base downs on a 4-3 end and then shift them inside, right? A guy that's like 6'6", six, 6'5", six, six, you know, 290, uh, that, that is a, a nightmare matchup for potentially guards. Yeah, because real quick, just so I get this correct, uh, in the 4-3 defense, the right end, right, needs to be bigger because he's kind of responsible for, like, the, the run. End, get, left end. The, le the left end, right, right. Yeah, okay. so Robert the left Quinn's end's a bigger the right guy. End. Yeah, uh -huh. yep, so Robert Quinn's the, the right end. He's, you know, it's usually the more talented pass rusher. The left end, uh, you, offense is usually run to their right side, which is defense is left. So that's why Got the it. left end is usually the, the better run stopper. They usually bigger thicker dude so um yeah so if we could potentially get a guy like that you know that that can maybe shift inside on the, on the third downs and talented pass rusher inside so yeah i would like something like that as well but i think if we can you know like i said stop the run get after the passer really run the football well and early on control the clock and you know, work the play action i i really think we could be successful in the games and we don't need potentially a, a huge you know, splash left tackle or et cetera. You know, I think we can manage, you know, obviously in the future, that's a primary position, but I think with that recipe, you know, chipping, uh, helping with the tight end, things of that nature, really helping potentially whatever left tackles in there. If we can't find a stud that would, that would help out the offense. And I think this year, I want to see Justin Fields make the next step. You know, I want to see his decision-making. Um, you know, I don't want to see certain halves where he has, 10 yards passing that, that looked too much like the Mitchell Trubisky when he was there. And it's unfortunate. So I'm, you know, I'm hoping uh, Luke Getsy really has a plan for him. You know, he's, he's had experience working with Aaron Rodgers. I know he didn't call the plays, but he has experience, you know, with a guy that, that is a mobile quarterback that is talented on the, uh, you know, throwing on the run. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited because I, I think Justin Fields is going to take the next step this year. And I think Bears fans are, are, are kind of in between whether they believe in him or not. So I'm, I'm hoping he can really prove and showcase that he is worth the pick, that first round pick last year. And in my opinion, I think he is the best quarterback that was coming out in that draft, better than Trevor Lawrence. Um, I would have I would have picked, you know, if I had the first pick, I would have picked Justin Fields over Trevor mm. Lawrence, in my opinion. You know, I just I looked at that game in college where they went head to head and Justin Fields outperformed, him, you know. Him. Exactly. So I, I uh, and that was after coming off a bad game when he played Northwestern in the Big Ten Championship. He's kind of mediocre, and I think he was really disappointed. So it's that Wildcat defense, this, though, Corey. You can't oh, yeah. you can't knock him on that. 
<laughs> exactly. But I, I think he's in, he's really disappointed, honestly, in how, how his first season turned out. You know, there was flashes at times, but overall wasn't wasn't the best. And I, I think he's a competitor, and I think he's gonna really work hard this offseason. And, and really try to prove everyone wrong. He's he's had a chip on his shoulder his whole life. I think people knocked him for being undersized or this, that, and the other. Can't do this, can't do that. But I think he can really make every throw. I think he's the most athletic quarterback, you know, with the exception of like Lamar Jackson. Um, but his cannon of an arm can make every throw. It's taking the next step with decision-making is going to be huge. And I'm hoping Luke Getzey really gets him going this offseason and during the season. Corey, according to the internet, um, he's in Atlanta right now throwing with Darnell Mooney on the daily. Let's go. And also I've seen some videos too as well of him trying to shorten shorten that throwing motion in the uh, the five to ten yard range, which obviously it was we're talking about getting the ball out and reading defenses and stuff. Hopefully can maybe just sort of help him a little bit. That elongated motion is great when you're throwing forty yards down the field, but if he can Maybe tighten that mechanic up from five to ten yards down the field. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and there's already rumors about the Patriots maybe be maybe being interested in Baker Mayfield. Uh, so Mac Jones all of a sudden, whoa, Mac Jones, Corey. Wait, what? Yeah, because the well, the rumor was, if you remember correctly, that the Patriots were actually rumored to move up to draft Baker Mayfield when he was drafted. It's well documented that Belichick likes him a whole lot. Maybe other people in the building didn't like his game as much, a.k.a. Josh McDaniels, who's no longer there. Bill Belichick also announced that he isn't going to have an offensive or defensive coordinator this year because he doesn't believe in labels, Corey. <laughs> so hey, he's, he's calling he's the shots. The times. He's getting with the times. He's, he's right? calling the shots, <laughs> and it's an $18 million contract for one year with a Baker Mayfield. And, you know, I, I think that they did really well with Mac Jones, but clearly as they got deeper into the season, uh, he had limitations. Um, and they had a hard time running that offense. And, you know, I think – I don't know if there's smoke, if there's fire there with that one. We'll have to sort of see what happens. Um, real yeah. quick, uh, put a bow on this whole episode real quick. You know, just to hone in on that draft a little bit more. You, you've talked about it a little bit, but let's get you on the record here. Uh, the Bears, let's just focus on picks 38 and 48 right now. Mm -hmm. And from what I can understand and what I can tell is this draft is deep. Almost at every single position except for yep. probably running back and quarterback right now. You yep. know what I mean? But I think there's going to be a lot of moving parts. I think this could be one of the more surprising drafts, too, as well, where mm -hmm. I don't think every name's going to go exactly where you think it's going to go. So if you had your pick at 38 and 48 right now, are you a best player available guy? Mm -hmm. Are you, in terms of the Chicago Bears right now, a two-wide receiver guy, 38 and 48? Are you a wide receiver and maybe a three-tech guy or an offensive yeah. lineman? Or yeah. are you also – maybe I'll throw another one out there. Are you a trade-back to build even more capital guy? If you were the Bears right now, and we got a lot of time to think uh, about, where would you maybe be leaning right now? So I'd be leaning on potentially maybe dishing out those picks, those two, two uh, second-round picks and then trading them up for a first rounder and then maybe potentially another pick in next year's draft to get, to get that first round slot or whatever, whatever need. If the left tackle that you needed is, is available. Slides. That, yeah. That's, that's the only, that's the only way I think you trade up is for the tackle left tackle. And if not, I think it comes down to, to a thing where maybe potentially, like I said, you can get a guy that was maybe projected as a first round left tackle, but something happened within all oh, his arms aren't long enough or this, that, the other, 
and you get him in that second round, somebody that, that falls, like, like I talked about, the guy Garrett Bowles that played uh, for Denver. You know, he was a guy that was projected as potentially a first rounder, fell to the second. It's been really a solid for them. Um, and then we need D tackle. You know, we need a three technique. In my opinion, we need a guy that can can really get off the football and be disruptive. And especially in that Tampa two type scheme, we need a quick guy, you know, kind of Tommy Harris-esque when he was healthy, a guy like Henry Melton that could really get off the football. So um, need that. And then potentially a, re a receiver. Um, you know, I like kind of maybe gambling on, on a speedy receiver, maybe in the later round, somebody that's kind of under the radar a little bit, but it's really Sky Moore. Um, uh, there's a couple guys yeah, out there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I like that, but I, I would like the, the earlier picks, in my opinion, to be for the three technique and left tackle. Um, if, if we can really get that solidified, because um, I think there is a lot of, lot of talent in the draft and hopefully we could potentially do something with those picks. And uh, yeah, then, then the Bears fans would be a little, little happier, you know, especially when they see, you know, on draft day, you know, whoever's gets picked flashing out there on, on the highlights. I think no matter what happens, I think Bears fans are going to be pissed because we're just not going to get the wide receiver that we want. Yeah. And look, man, I'm I'm convinced, man. I just think wide receiver on the priority list right now. And I, I, I just think it's on the lower – I think it's on the lower mm -hmm. end, man. I really do. I think you can yeah. build from – and you've convinced me, man, the inside out. Get Justin Fields' confidence in the pocket. Have two really good dynamic yeah. running backs that he can trust. A yeah. tight end. Kind of play it like that for a little bit and let his arm maybe showcase 50 yards down the field and then maybe try and go out there and find someone that is a difference maker in the wide receiver. Let's take a page out of the Patriots book, right? They're, they're, yes. they're a team that really has never had a number one receiver since, uh, what, Deion Branch maybe, potentially? Or Moss. Randy Moss when he came. But he was and towards his, the tail end of his career. Yeah, you know? was Welker is Welker a number one receiver? No, no I mean, most places right? he's a number two. Yeah, a Hall of Fame um, too, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you take a page of their book, right? They're they're able to distribute the rock to where they need to get the running game going. Have that talented uh, all-purpose back. You know that David Montgomery can catch the ball in the backfield too. Can run downhill better than majority of the backs that um you know the pa the Patriots have had, um, with the exception of like Curtis Martin. Um, so I. I think they could potentially do something like that. Um, I don't think it's always you need the number one. I like I, I agree with you. It's it's not high on the priority list. D defensive tackle, three technique, and left tackle. That's of chief importance. And then I think safety position, and then wide receiver for me. So mm -hmm. I, I I think that's how I prioritize things because I think they can make it work with what they have, especially running the football well. Uh, Darnell Mooney could potentially be, you know, a rising star in this league at number one, um, you know, and, and Byron Pingle. I mean, he could really have his coming out party. You know, he was kind of overshadowed, like I said, with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, but speedy receiver gives you return ability as well. Um, yeah, I, I think he's, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people this season. Uh, in my opinion, he had a really good playoff run. Um, that one game, he had two touchdowns in there, um, was really clutch towards the end of the game. So, yeah, Cole Komet. Let, let's have him come out this year. And like I said, the red zone protection uh, production. So yeah, I I feel a lot better offensively about the weapons. The only thing is is like I said, the left tackle. 
Every other position, I feel pretty good about. Tevin Jenkins, I feel good with him on the right side. I feel good about the centers and guards. I feel I feel comfortable with that. It's it's really about solidifying that blind side. Yeah, and not to hammer it home, but it's like if the Bears traded for Devontae Adams this offseason and we did nothing at left tackle, it wouldn't matter. It's a waste. It would be a yeah. total. It, it's a it's a total waste of time. So I mean, it, yeah, yeah I mean, it's. You know, I'm just I'm kind of hoping that we all kind of calm down a little bit. I know the wide receiver thing is going to be a huge bugaboo all off season long. We're going to have to just sort of tamp down the the angst and anxiety that's going yeah. on with Bears fans right now. But you know what? I, I it's uh, it's a huge wait and see, and believe in Bears is going to be here for it every single second. Uh, yeah. And again, before we get you out of here, uh, former Wildcat, go Cats, Trevor Simeon, Trevor Back Simeon. Up- Backup quarterback. Um, just exactly. just your quick just your quick perspective on that, and um, you know maybe yeah. at, at first blush thoughts of uh, is he an upgrade over Nick Foles? Um, yes, I, I I do. You know I think Nick Foles um, definitely had his role, and I think he was that that kind of player coach that you love to have, and I think Trevor Simeon is that guy as well, intelligent guy. Um, you know I never had the chance to play with him I was older than him but uh everyone that I know is has spoke very highly of him about his intelligence and I think it's going to be huge for Justin Fields to have a still pretty young guy in Trevor Simeon that, that's a backup that's been around that's had starting experience and played really well at times for Denver uh be there in 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 his in his right hip you know kind of coaching him up getting him going and I think that's that's the role. And you're going to see Trevor Simeon, you know, kind of be that mentor to a guy like Justin Fields um, and say, OK, listen, we're playing at this place. Uh, the crowd noise is loud. Make sure you get your checks. Make sure we get everything ahead of time. The the clock's running down. Make sure we get all this. So things of that nature. It's going to be great to see Trevor Simeon working with him. And uh, yeah, I, I think Justin Fields just just needs that, you know, and, and Nick Foles is a little bit older of a guy. So. Maybe Trevor Simeon's a guy that uh, Justin Fields can relate to a little more. They got the Big Ten thing going. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, and also I, I was kind of thinking about it. It's like, and, and this isn't a knock on Nick Foles, but I bet you Nick Foles still thinks he should start somewhere. Like Nick Foles won a Super uh, Bowl, right? And that 10 to 15% maybe just isn't isn't helpful for Justin Fields. I think Trevor Simeon's coming in and he knows his role. He knows how to prepare. Yeah. And like you said, a really intelligent quarterback that hopefully is going to be really good in the room. And, you know, maybe he doesn't yeah. have that one eyeball out on, like, you know, I should be starting. I should be playing. You exactly. Know, that, that's fine. Yeah. No, I, I agree, you know, because Andy Dalton came in and he was the starter, right? So it was it was kind of like how much mentoring is he doing for, you know, when he's yeah. told he's got the starting <laughs> position. He's like, oh, yeah, good job, Justin. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's, he's doing great. Yeah. yeah you're he, doing he great. Was he was Terrible. waiting for him to get his spot again, you know. Um, Do you but, see, yeah, like uh, you said. Did you see Pace got a job with the Saints? And then what did they do? Oh, yeah. They went right out and signed a Fetty and Dalton. <laughs> yes, exactly. I saw that. I saw that. I said, okay. Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a better situation because yeah, like you said, Trevor Simeon knows what his role is gonna be. And that that's it is what it is, you know. And I think he's gonna embrace that role and you know, maybe he could be the, the backup for the, the next 10 years, you know, of, of Justin Fields' career, career, and they have that relationship where, yeah, like he said, he's this right-hand man. He's showing him everything and really teaching him and understanding, you know, what it takes to be to be a quarterback in this league. And people say, well, Trevor, Trevor Simeon never was a pro boy. No, it's not about that. It's just about being an intelligent guy and understanding how defenses work, what reads we need to do, things of that nature. And Trevor Simeon has a full understanding of that. There's a reason why 
you know, he's been signed by multiple teams to be their backup just because of his intelligence. And a guy like Chase Daniel as well, that's why that's, that's what their role was. You know, they came in there to be a mentor, to back up, to teach, you know, people what they need to do. So, um, yeah, I'm just hoping Trevor Simeon could be that for Justin Fields. That'll do it for this episode of Believe in Bears. My name is Joey Christopoulos. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Joey Sports Guy. Today's episode was presented by BetOnline.ag. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. There's a little thing called the Final Four this weekend, so make sure you go over to BetOnline.ag and put in your own picks. Today's episode was also presented by Athletic Greens. Some excellent deals going on with the Believe Network as well through Athletic Greens, so thank you very much to them for being our sponsor. Corey... Get us out of here, man. Good to see you. I think we're going to have a returning guest, a really juicy guest coming up oh. this month before the okay. NFL draft. We're going to be oh. here for all of your breakdown with that. So uh, take us home on another good pod, man. Great to see you. So we got a little bit of au jus sauce coming in. We got it. We got it. Yeah. Maybe jardinera and sweet peppers. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, happens. man. It was, it was another good pod. Pod has been a couple of weeks now, but, uh, you know, we're into free agency and drafts coming up. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of the direction the Bears go. Like you said, if, if, if they're going to maybe uh, trade up to potentially get that left tackle that we need or, or another uh, another position in need, or if we're going to draft, you know, keep keep the slots the same. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what, what direction they go. So I think Poles has something up his sleeve. So I think, you know, people have been pretty hard on him, but I think he has something up his sleeve. And, and like I said, we can't really fully evaluate him until after next year's draft when he has the full arsenal, you know, the first round pick, et cetera. So um, who knows? Maybe he could do something crazy this draft and everyone everyone is uh, praising him. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. And we're going to be back to you with a with the, with the nice guest and uh, – yeah, we're going to be talking Bears football as always. And, uh, yeah, watch watch the Final Four. And, and uh, that's all we can do until football is back. <laughs> Thanks for listening on the network. Thanks for watching on YouTube. This was Believe in Bears. we got another episode coming back soon. Until then, be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. And Bears fans, just take a breath, baby. Bear down. The NFL draft's coming. There's more, more coming to the roster, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.